Welcome to another episode of the Community Boy Podcast with your host Miguel Valdez and I'm here today with Mike Fisher. Did I say it right? Fresh. Fresh. How are you doing, Mike? I'm very well, thank you. Mike, this is really cool to be having this conversation here today with you because I want to share with our friends um, the way that we met. Right. We met in a, in a backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we call it? It was a... Kind of in a little artsy district of Rochester. They had that Prince... Yeah, mem- what was it? Uh, kind of a memorial. Yeah, it was a uh, pajama party. Yeah, but pajama party and pancakes pajamas, yeah. for Prince. That was that Friday after... Right after he died. Yeah, right after yeah. he died. Mm-hmm. Somebody decided to throw... Uh, uh, Brianna, actually, she was a host. Uh, she decided to throw a party. She shared with me that she felt impotent. That you know she couldn't was able to go the night before mm-hmm. uh, to the Twin Cities for the that big First yeah, Avenue. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So she decided to throw a party in her business, and, right. and it happens. People just show up and it was a good time it was and, a very and, nice turnout yeah, yeah and it was good to you know to get your feelings and, mm-hmm. and talk talk about it so that was mm-hmm. good and we i got the chance to meet you there mm-hmm. uh your wife mm-hmm. was uh my daughter's preschool teacher right and uh so happy to see you guys there yep. and then uh we were talking and, and you shared with me the the you got a chance to meet Prince, can you share with us what, what is your experience or what was your uh, growing well, up? Okay. Got, when, when back in the 70s, uh, there were the band, Battle of the Bands. And we, as some of my friends and I, would go to those periodically. And at one of those opportunities, Prince was playing and as a, as a neighborhood local band and so you uh, used to live in the twin cities no no or you used to go from, from rochester yeah, you used right, to go to the right and uh we were at we were at, actually at an event where he was playing i never visited with him or got mm-hmm. to see him meet him or anything like that but back then he was just a local he was just a, a popular um individual who um uh, had a lot of showed a lot of talent a lot of skills and things like that and and people liked him but what was interesting about him was you could tell, and from what you would hear uh, about this individual, Prince, was that um, he wanted to make it big. You know, he wanted to be uh, in in the front. And as a result, he got involved with a lot of different musicians in the Minneapolis area so that he was always well-known. And, and that was the one thing that really impressed me the most about him was that he had that motivation and that desire and that drive and... Um, Wow, he definitely showed. If you have the drive and the motivation, you can really take it as far as you want. And he maintained a lot of control over his destiny. And so this was, was early, late, this was late seventies. Like in the seventies, okay, yeah, late seventies, because he really started hitting it late seven, like seventy-seven, seventy-eight is when they he started getting noticed. You know, okay. he was, but uh, like in the like seventy-six, seventy-seven was when he was really starting to... So when Kiwi finally made a big... What was that record? Do you remember? Well, the first... The one that I think... Um, was it the controversy one? That I think really started... I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. But, but then you saw... It but I was, I, I was hooked from the get-go with this guy. Yeah. yeah. He was... 
How how hey. the news hit you? Where were you when that happened? Uh, when Prince died, I was, uh, you know, I can't remember, honestly. That Thursday? Yeah, that Thursday. I can't remember. It, it must have been at it must have been at home, but I I remember I didn't believe it. You know, first of even my wife and I thought you know maybe he's just somebody else in his yeah place. and he just disappeared. yeah that, that's that's what happened to yeah. to me we were in a meeting and um in a restaurant and it was like around 11 and we see the breaking news uh body found in Prince yeah. property and we're yeah. like oh probably somebody else. right you know you're thinking because he always looks so healthy and right the way that he yeah. ate and all that and and yeah. and then boom within I don't know, 40 minutes got confirmed. Right, and then after it got confirmed, there was still, well, this might be a ploy. He might be taken off. He bought a place in Paris, France, and he's going to hide out for another 10 years or something, you know. Yeah. But who knows? And that's that was what I guess we kind of were hoping for. Exactly. You know, but as it just, even now, it's so surrealistic. Yeah, and you, you, know? and you shared with me that also you, your wife has been going to the Swedish Twin oh, Cities for some of those events. Very, uh, yeah, she really enjoyed going there and just to see how much, the fans, how yeah. his passion and the fans and how that spread all around, just energized by being there and and uh, um, yeah, just fun to see her have fun. That's good going to those. So yeah, yeah. it's part of grieving. Yeah, it is part of the grieving process. Yeah, and it, him being so close and local, and everybody seems to have a Prince story in exactly. Minnesota. You know, oh, I saw him at the store, or I saw him at, you know, in Rochester. You know, because he would come down here for the Jehovah Witness things once in a while. And oh, for the the for big ones big, in the Civic the big summer thing. Yeah. The Civic Center, man. Yeah, great. So. Well. Also, um, you're here today to share with us. Tell us about the event you're you're being part of organizing. Right. Well, some time ago, Cronin Home, um, we're a nonprofit uh, organization that provides housing for homeless, chronic, chemically dependent people. Okay. And we have 40, here in Rochester, Minnesota. Right here in Rochester, and 44 beds been around since 1980. So we've been around for quite a while, and and one of the concerns about being a nonprofit is of course income and revenue and keeping the organization up and running and yep. to the quality that and the standards that the the mission wants and desires and so um, in the last few years the last five years or plus we've really put a lot of energy into looking for outside revenue other than the generation the revenue that's generated from the residents who come there mm -hmm. by grants that they receive from the state of Minnesota and some of them pay their own way and there's a you know some of them from their social security or employment but in order to maintain, maintain that level of service we want to we don't want to start cutting corners which happens when the state has to freeze their budget budget yeah and so Right now, um, we started finding these little dinners, like a chili feed and a spaghetti feed, and and those brought in some few dollars. But it wasn't until we had a barbecue and brought in some musicians with our barbecue that we started seeing an interest that actually generated a nice mm -hmm. little revenue source. So each year now, and we're in our fourth annual blues and barbecue event. And, um, and where this takes place? This this year we're at the 4-H building 
at the Fairgrounds? County Fairgrounds okay. here in Rochester on May 21st. May 21st, yep, okay. So that'll be uh, about a week and a half from now on Where's Saturday. the times? Uh, the event actually begins at 4, and we have a lot of kids' activities. So we'll have fire truck, and we'll have um, the dog, canine, uh police department mm -hmm. and we'll have face painting and, and a lot of games for the kids and we we're getting all geared up for five o'clock when the food is then served so is uh how the barbecue is a contest or okay. or you can buy or how so describe it to me it's, please. An, it's an all you can eat barbecue so you pay ten dollars okay. at the door and you get all you can eat barbecue and the food so the barbecue wow. is going to be ribs uh spare ribs pork spare ribs and uh pulled chicken and smoked beans and corn on the cob and oh, corn muffins hungry, yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's gonna be good and and uh, it's all um made by a local uh competition barbecue team called wolf seeker smoking barbecue oh i think i seen the truck yeah that's the truck i and, seen that when yeah, i run you'll them. see them running around and um they they'll be um, starting early. Do, what kind of wood do you know? Um, could they use they're gonna, well. They're going to be using secret recipes for sure. Secret recipes, of course, but they'll be using hickory wood. Okay. So it'll be hickory this year. All right. So do you guys? And also, you have a blues band. Do you right. have somebody who? Do you guys have drinks for kids, adults, or how that works? For beverages, or correct? Th yeah. So we have um, sixteen gallon kegs of root beer and okay. so that's the primary beverage and then there's mm -hmm. water there'll gotcha. be bottled water and all that but that's pretty much the primary beverages gotcha. the water and the root beer it is a sober event okay so, yeah and um it starts like i said it starts at four the music starts at four also and we'll have five acts of different blues bands uh, until nine o'clock that night okay and we'll have them in the building right next to the 4-h building so when folks are done eating and that's where the silent auction items will be held oh, and that'll be where the raffle ticket is being sold and then you could step outside where the fire trucks are and the dogs and and the smoker pits that's where uh, wolf seeker and then he's also um wolf seeker is getting the services from bob smokestack Bob, Bob is yep. a local uh, awesome. yep. you know, celebrity regarding barbecue, and he'll be helping Wolf Seeker, and and then the band will be right next to it. So and that's included a, with your ten dollars. Ten dollars gets you all you oh, can eat barbecue great... and blues music, and it, it's a really good deal. Yeah, and we want to keep it a good so deal. So who you have for the lineup? For the lineup, we're we're going to be having the Swamp Kings. Okay. Uh, Rick Miller uh, is a, a local uh, blues musician who helps promote and put together this group for us. Got it. But Dave Lambert and the Motivators has always been our favorite um, blues and uh, band. And he and um, the drummer of uh, the Motivators uh, started a duet called uh, Brother, Son, Sister, Moon. And... Um, they have been really fantastic as a duet, and they're going to be playing that night. The Swamp Kings also started a duet uh, band, blues group, and that's called the Swamp Brothers, and they're going to be there that night. One thing about these folks is that they have they used to play together in a little group called the Jambo Crew, Jambone Crew, mm -hmm. and um, 
they haven't really played together except once a year for our barbecue. They get together, so, so it's called the reunion. Yeah. yeah, so it's always fun to have those folks there and just excellent blues all night long and um, a lot of good food and a lot of activity and good fellowship. And, and That's uh, great. And, yeah. we, well, and a great cause. Right, Because yeah. we've seen the, with the community health needs assessment here in Rochester, the homelessness is yep. a big problem. Right. And how, um, so you're full? Are you right. We run full, 44. Um, we have a waiting list. It's unfortunate but the, that we can't, serve more but yeah. because of restrictions of our financial and what is the average time that about somebody eight, stays there yeah, to about eight months okay so we're known as a short-term housing okay and um the folks that live there have come out of treatment or prison or out from under a bridge or mm -hmm. you know they're struggling and they need a place to get their foot back on the ground and start getting stable usually by you know what they're nutrition and, and health-wise, and once we can help them get that stable, then they're able to start utilizing the other services in the community mm -hmm. and become more independent. And in about eight months, they have an opportunity. So do you guys work that, with, uh, let's say, social workers also? Very close the Workforce Center to help them very find, a, yep. find a job? With, yep, with, yeah, with the workforce, with NAMI, with mm -hmm. um, Zumbro Valley, Olmstead County, the other treatment programs uh, around Rochester. And how many places like uh, the Cronin Home are in Rochester? They, well, they serve the homelessness? Mm, there's probably about four or five other um, small facilities that okay. um, provide rooms for this population. Uh, we're different in that we are nonprofit and we provide 24-hour services. What does that mean, 24-hour That means oh. we have staff on, on site and providing services, you know, medication administration and okay. security and things like that. And what is the age that you guys serve? We we serve Different. from 21 years okay. old and up. So okay. we've had them as old as 80. Wow. And we've had them as young as 19. We can take 18-year-olds, but, you know, it's by the time they get to where the, to the need level that we can help them is that they're over 21 okay. years old. So, well, you guys have been, and how many years you guys since been? 35 years, since 1980, we've wow. been around and we've just grown, slowly got bigger and bigger. And we're at our current facility uh, right across the street from, from Silver Lake. Yeah, Silver Lake on the west side where the uh, parking lot is, where they feed geese from. Mm -hmm. Right where the fire station yep. number two, I guess, that's the one. It used to be the old number two, I think. Yep. yep. And that's now, where you guys are across. Yep. We're across from them. And we've been there since 1997. So wow. that. And how long you been with the with the agency? I've been with Cronin Home since 1999. Okay. So I've been the executive director since then. Okay. I've been working in the field since 1988, and so it's been pretty much my whole lifestyle. You know, working with the chronic, chemically dependent, struggling individual. Mm. You know. And what can community members? can do to help out okay. if they can make it let's say today i mean to the event at the barbecue yep. and blues what what else can they do they also can we we have our website okay which is i'll post it out here in okay, the link on you. the yep. yep you guys can check it out here in yeah, our smart ride network 
and they could check that out and there is opportunities to volunteer we also have a, a how to donate to our facility okay. what type of items we need primarily and providing the services like paper products and things like that that help mm-hmm. the individuals also ca- uh, financial um, support support yeah. is important um, but uh, the the event itself the revenue that we're going to generate from the barbecue this year is going to be used for replacing the dining room floor that floor has been there 20 years Um, so we're replacing that needs replacement also um, the siding of the building we need to put a paintable siding on and we're gonna that's our goal to put that on this year and then um, also uh, what else are we gonna do get new furniture for the dining room couple new couches well you said there is also volunteer opportunities where mm, yep, people can come yep. so we we're always looking for folks to help out around and mm-hmm. uh, the facility and and we put add more details by contacting us through the website okay yeah well this is great thank you for stopping by and, well, and for doing all this work yes thank and you for having me. that shows the i mean there is a need even in a city like mm-hmm. rochester the we keep seeing a lot of changes, all positive, but still there's still needs it's, it's in ph- the community. Yeah, and it's phenomenal to see that um, a lot of times folks feel in the community that this is only helping the individual that comes to our to us. But what I have seen in the many years that I've worked with this population is how it really has helped the families. And I, I, I just really started seeing that there were a lot of um, – families whose uncle or aunt um, or even father were not able to be at family celebrations because of their disease of alcohol addiction and so the family would invite them over because of the difficulties that that could bring well those little nephews and nieces are missing out on their aunts and uncles Mm -hmm. and um, what I have seen is in helping folks stay sober and find other ways to live life uh, without having to use alcohol and drugs Mm -hmm. and begin to function more normally, the families are starting to invite them to their family celebrations. So now those little nephews and nieces are starting to see their uncles and aunts and the family is starting to become more unified. And that has been the one thing that has just really impressed me, that we're not just helping that individual. Because you think about what we are, That's our 44 true. individuals, who are these are guys and gals who are struggling to stay sober and living, living to have struggles. But we forget that they have families, too. And the families have been ripped apart in many cases, but that doesn't mean they can't be healed and brought back together. And in this time, I've seen that, and that's what really impresses me the most. Well, thank you again for your, for your work, and um, and no matter what, even if it's raining that day, it's oh, gonna yeah. be indoor. It's gonna be indoors. So it's gonna happen no matter what. We have the big building forty for the bands, so there's all there all everybody can be in there and dancing and enjoying the music, dry, Great. and then in four H building. We'll have all the food. And activity and for the whole family. Yeah, so it's it's all for the whole family, and it finishes at 9 o'clock. Nice. So Is everybody early? can yeah. yep, get done, get early, and Good music, get good food. Yep, 
So so I'm sure I'll see you there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be I'll be coming <laughs> by. I love barbecue, and yeah. you know what? I love blues. I, I oh, okay. Yeah, oh, enjoy the enjoy the. You're gonna love this blues. Yeah, you really so. are, I believe so, and um, it's just ten dollars at the door. Yeah, so that it's you a just, good deal. You buy the ticket right there at the 4-H building. Great. Yep. So, Mike, uh, thank you again for coming by, thank and you. Uh, uh, I can say enough. Thank you again for all the help you guys do thank with you. all those folks. That everybody needs a chance, yep. and uh, what a better way to offer it. Yep. A nice environment where they can, you know, put all the pieces together. Yep. And people are welcome to come by for a tour. It's yeah. So if they ever want to, yeah, come I was fortunate. I mentioned to you before that we uh, went and donate some bicycles there right. for some of the folks there, and and they give us like a quick tour inside. Yep. And I was impressed uh, with the with employees and the facility mm -hmm. and everybody was really thankful. Yes. So and anyone who would like to see it, just give me a call. And yep. Is that building it right across from the parking lot next to the fire station on Silver Lake in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, well, I'm going to close this by us inviting everybody to please follow us on Twitter on their community board. But uh, community board on Facebook also on find us on the community board and on iTunes community board podcast and uh, stay tuned go get some barbecue go enjoy the music you know and uh, enjoy the summer it's it's, all, it's here yes it is so guess what I'm gonna go see the twins and I hope I bring some luck to them and, uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted on the twins update. All right, guys. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.